Firesiders, it's time for the Marvelous Moshko and Mr. Mauer to bring some wrestling action into your ear holes. We're here to talk heels. This is spoiler-filled, but it wouldn't be a show without the one and only Mr. Moshko. Ring the bell? I thought you were going to go into a Fushnikin song. <laughs> Ring me along. <laughs> ding, ding, mother beepers. Ding, ding. Um, so this is a new fireside fandom, if you will, for us. We are going to be talking something that's not comic related. Um, but you know what? We've got wrestlers writing comics. The crossover is huge and everybody but Menti <laughs> seems to be getting on board with this. It's, it's uh, in our wheelhouse. It's, you know, it's pop culture focused. When you really break it down, what are wrestlers? They are superheroes. So well, this especially works. when you get into them, we'll probably talk about this uh, maybe somewhere along the line because the luchadors are superheroes in Mexico, mm-hmm. and there's comics and TV shows and movies all about them, and you've got A.J. Lee writing comics. Um, she even wrote an uh, uh, issue of Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Her husband, Phil Brooks, CM Punk, <laughs> he wrote, uh, what was it, Drax for a bit? I believe so, yes. Um, and then Dave Batista, I think, has written some stuff in the comics. There's a lot of wrestlers that have gotten into comics because they're mm-hmm. big fans. Uh, and then you have people like the Swolverine. Swolverine. Yeah. <laughs> um, who is a huge, big Brian Cage on AEW, is a huge, huge uh, comic book fan. Uh, Alexa Bliss, uh, mm-hmm. the demon Finn Balor. You know, before he was Finn Balor in WWE and he was... Prince Devitt, he painted himself as different characters. So this is not outside of the world of comic fans. Uh, so if you're not a wrestling fan, you can skip this. Or this show might be what you need to understand why people love wrestling. I, th- I think you're onto something there. So we also are loving this show and getting into the show because it stars the one and only, <laughs> the leader of the Vigilante Club, Stephen Amell. Um, and I think he brings to this show what Ryan Reynolds brought to Deadpool. Mm-hmm. It's got authenticity and it has somebody with passion behind it. So we'll see what happens with it. But uh, for the first episode of this, we're going to kind of go through what the show is, what it's about, who the cast is, you know, how their characters are interacting, talk on the storyline that we saw, and then give our opinions on it. This first episode had a ton to unpack. So let's start by unpacking the characters. And we have Stephen Amell playing Jack Spade. Um, if you would, he is the Vin Diesel to the Spade family. <laughs> it's all about family. <laughs> all about family. Which, in the wrestling world, that is true. It's about loyalty. It's about family, um, honor. Uh, all of that history is a huge part of it. Uh, at least it was. We're starting, and I think they're hinting at that in this show. Mm-hmm. 
that you have a newer school that doesn't really respect the past as much, and that happens to be what's getting popular. But uh, Jack Spade <laughs> is the oldest son of the family, and he was left in charge of the DWL, the Duffy Wrestling League. He is the businessman. He is the one that sees the future of the wrestling business, and he's the one that writes all the shows and kind of produces everything for it. Mm-hmm. That that have... was one of the more interesting parts of this this story oh, as we get into it. <laughs> it. We'll get into what he's. Then you have his brother, Ace mm-hmm. Spade, who is. How would you describe him, Moshko? The, the, this is what's cool about this. So if if so, Jack Spade as the character in the promotion is a heel. In real life, he is actually the face. Kind of. Kind of. Well, he's more it, face than heel right. in real at, life. At first, you know, if we, if we take into consideration the first, like, five, ten minutes of the show, this, this is where we figure that out. His brother, Ace, is, he plays the face of the promotion. But really, when it comes down to it, he's, he's the heel. He's the younger guy. He's the up-and-comer. He's the one who, you know, we'll later find out may get to move on. And, you know, that... They're, they're the opposites of the opposites. He's the one that has the natural talent mm-hmm. um, for showmanship, but doesn't care about the show. Right. He's, he's in it for himself. That's, it comes completely, completely through. Um, and then you have, which I think is going to be a cool aspect of this, the wrestling wife mm-hmm. of Stephen Amell, Allison Luff, plays Stacy Spade. Mm-hmm. And now this is down south. This isn't uh, in Georgia, Duffy, Georgia, which I think they filmed right outside of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, this is it's your typical God fearing small town going to church on Sundays. <laughs> um, but if you know anything about wrestling, they kind of have a duality of them of being, you know, the go to church on Sunday to repent for all the shit they did Monday <laughs> through Saturday. Um, every, right when I and everybody what pissed me off was I read an article I would say right after I think it was right after I watched the show and immediately you get this like I thought I was on to something you immediately get this Friday Night Lights feel like it's it's <laughs> it's got that you know the the town is shutting down to go to the the wrestling match that night like everybody's waving to each other in the streets. Like the <laughs> the music that was playing, I I didn't really look into that aspect of it. See who like is is handling that. There might be a, a relationship there, uh, but that was the the absolute feel. Or you know, West Canaan, yeah, little varsity blues action. It was <laughs> all the same that. feel. Well, that's down south when you're in mm-hmm. those smaller towns, and that's your entertainment. And they hit on that in the show that you know they say your daddy made this as a pastime for the, the town, mm-hmm. you know, it was popular and that's what it's for. Um, and then you've got, um, uh, the dad is played. We haven't really seen him other than a photo yet by David James Elliott, who's Tom Spade. And then I'm going to put this next person in the family aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And that's Mary McCormick. She plays Willie day. Mm-hmm. She was Tom Spade's right hand man, if you will. And now she's playing the right hand man, a right hand woman to Stephen Amell's Jack Spade. And you can tell that there is a little bit of a chip on her shoulder. She definitely came up through the era of 
not getting respect, not having a say, but knew the business better than most. Mm-hmm. And rather than embrace people that might be trying to do the same as her, she almost is gatekeeping and like, yep. nope, I went through this, you have to go through it. Yep, that's that's very clear with her telling uh, uh, Crystal, who we'll we'll talk about in a second, to absolutely stay out of the locker room. <laughs> and saying it was a compliment. So, right. <laughs> um, so then you have, coming back into the picture in this first episode, the actor Chris Bauer, who's playing Wild Bill Hancock, who was Tom Spade's, you know, biggest rival. Mm-hmm. If you want to say it was, you know, Sting and Flair. Woo! <laughs> uh, and he plays, he probably is, he's like a cross between Jake the Snake and Ric Flair. That's the feel I got. Definitely Snake. I got that. He is 100%. I mean, he's in the snake skin, but he's got that. Mm-hmm. He abandoned the little guy to go make some money on the big guy. Mm-hmm. And now he's trying to pull everybody there so he can maintain his pedigree, if you will, yeah. in that other world. Uh, and he's a sleazy, and he's going in, and he's uh, Mrs. Mauer <laughs> made a joke. She's like, why is everybody trying to take uh, Stephen Amell's toys away from him? <laughs> you know, because he's going in there and taking his hype away and just, just getting in there. And the wrestlers they have, the actors they have to portray these wrestlers, fell into kayfabe. It feels like immediately. So you've got Duke Davis Roberts' Big Jim, Big Jim, who you immediately connect to as the everyman Dusty Rhodes type wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Robbie Ramos as Diego Cottonmouth, which him explaining <laughs> the story of how he became Cottonmouth. It's great. You know, the Cuban guy he, that looks Italian, and they're like, you don't look Italian. Um, <laughs> and then Tom gave him a luchador. He's like, no, you're going to be a luchador from Mexico. And he's like, then everybody loved to boo me because I'm here illegally or here legally. And they love telling them that like <laughs> he knows the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, Apocalypse, uh, James Harrison Jr. Huge dude. Amazing. Like I, I had no idea he was going to be in it until they started doing the training videos and like he's training. I'm like, what is he just there <laughs> to help, you know, trick? Cause the, the guy is, I mean, he could still play in the NFL. Like, there's, there's no doubt about that if he wanted to. <laughs> uh, but, and his acting is so far so good. I mean, we'll, we'll see more. But yeah, he, uh, he, he seems to be like he is going to have a bigger role mm-hmm. in this show than what it comes off of in the beginning. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean. Like, yeah. there's some seeds planted there, and then we don't have his name up there. But the other guy who. Um, gets the elbow drop landed on him from Nigel Crocker, who plays mm-hmm. Wildcard McGee. And Wildcard McGee is probably the the eyes, like if you are not a wrestling fan, you're going to look through this from Wildcard McGee's kind of vantage point. He's new into wrestling. Um, he's just trying to be a part of one of the guys, and he's learning everything. So they're going to explain stuff to him as a way to explain it to the audience. Uh, and then lastly, you have Ace's valet, Kelly Berglund, plays Crystal Tyler. And she's the key to the future of this show. Yep. Because she seems to know more than all the guys, but she's a valet, and a valet does what? Uh, valet is uh, basically the, the mouthpiece for the wrestler. So it's, you know, the person that they walk down with, they, they rile up the crowd, they interfere in the ring. Yeah, most famous and probably ring. one of the best... 
valets ever would be Miss Elizabeth. Absolutely. And woman. Woman. <laughs> Nancy Benoit. Like, mm-hmm. those are probably, when you think of valets in the pure sense of the word, they mm-hmm. made valet a thing. Um, but this valet ha- has supposedly behind the scenes has the skills, and you even see her when she corrects uh, Wildcard on how to drop an elbow. Like, mm-hmm. no, you do it this way because this is how you don't hurt him. Uh, and the scene between her and Willie, where she was in there doing her makeup, you know, said, you don't belong here. I do. Take that as a compliment. Like, I have a feeling we're going to see more, mm-hmm. and we'll get into that in just a moment. <laughs> but the cast already, every single one of them feels cast perfectly. Mm-hmm. The uh, Just to, to throw one in there, uh, I believe the person we were talking about was PJ Hawks. PJ um, Hawks. He's been in a bunch of different like wrestling type roles in film and whatnot. So I imagine he, I mean, he's a stunt performer. So I imagine he has that, all that training. Um, but that's about it on him for now. Yeah, he was, he plays Denny, I think. Yes. Um, that character already has that, that Shawn Michaels type sparkle to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get into the show. The show is what it says it is. It's a show about wrestling in a small town in a, a way that wrestling isn't surviving anymore. So mm-hmm. you might think there's indies everywhere. Right. But indies aren't run the way that these old territories used to be run. And they hint on that with the extreme, the ECW type or mm-hmm. CZW now that it is. You know, they have a, a competitor in there. But this is run like a traditional family-run territory. And they have all the traditions of a territory used to be. But they're not doing too well anymore because they, they haven't crossed over. And you see Stephen Amell has the idea, we need cameras, we need smoke machines, Mm -hmm. we need to improve production value. He sounds very familiar. (laughs) Sounds like us from like a year or two ago. (laughs) We need better cameras, we need better mics. Uh, It'll pay off in the end, just trust us. Um, And his wife has to balance their, they're in a small town, there's not like they're making too much money off this. This is his only Mm -hmm. job, it appears. Yeah. You know, so they're stretching their dollars and uh, he's trying to do it. And then <laughs> I love the joke. She's like, well, if you had run it by me, I would have searched the internet and gotten <laughs> four said smoke machines at a, a much lower price. That sounds familiar too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he's got this vision, but at the same time, you've got his brother who's the star and that's his biggest rival. And they're heading toward champion championship match. And then the slime ball comes in and says, hey, we want to take you up north. And what's up north? Vince McMahon, most likely. And actually, they they dropped his name in this show at some point. Yep, I was so shocked to -hmm. hear them actually. So it exists in a world that Vince McMahon and WWE exist in. Mm -hmm. Because he says every uh, promoter thinks they can be the next Vince McMahon. Yep. When talking about that whatever extreme in North Florida. (laughs) Right, so, I, I didn't catch the name of that. I'll have to go back and look. But it was like UL, I don't know. It was, it was more or less the ECW of the South, from yeah. what they're showing. So you've got you know him coming in and basically told Ace, listen, give me a good match tonight. Show me you could tell a story and I'm taking you up with me. Mm-hmm. Now, when writing the story, and this is where it gets interesting, 
when writing these storylines, if anywhere other than WWE recently, <laughs> you have to focus on what the fans want, what's going to keep them coming back, and find that balance of am I going to give them what they want and then they leave, or am I not going to give them what they want and they leave? Like, you have to find a way to do it. And he couldn't write the story. He finds out that his brother's going to be leaving and says, okay, you're, you're not winning the belt tonight. That's it. Mm-hmm. And it causes all this controversy and his brother's getting upset. Now, how did you, like, whose side were you on in that? I, you know, I, I tend to side more towards uh, Jack in, in this case, just from a, you know, business sense. <laughs> it just kind of immediately gravitated towards that. I thought it was really interesting how, like, everybody just kept coming up to him you know, what's the match? How's the match going to end? And it was the, the, I mean, it was the story really of this entire episode, what's going to happen. And, you know, all these players and, and, you know, how things were changing and what could happen and, you know, what's best for the individual might not be best for the company. Uh, so that was really cool. And so when you talk about it, if he gives the brother ace the belt, the fans are behind it. They want to see it. Mm-hmm. What's your storyline after that? You don't have one because he's but, gone. Well, even if he wasn't gone, mm-hmm. what's the storyline after that? They didn't have a follow-up story. They, right. suppo- it sounds like they've been building up to this for a very long time. Mm-hmm. This is like their first big story. I guess the dad didn't pass away too long ago, so they're just trying to get it back together. Mm-hmm. But he gives the belt. They don't have a storyline figured out. And you could tell that even Jack wasn't happy with just the him retaining. Like, he knew that wasn't the right story. Mm-hmm. So then you get, and this is the part that really resonated with me, he goes to Big Jim and says, hey, you're going to turn heel. Mm-hmm. You're going to come down, you're going to cost me, uh, you're going to cost the match, and then you and I are going to have a feud. So it doesn't matter what happens to Ace anymore, because mm-hmm. we're now continuing the storyline. And Big Jim goes, I don't want people booing me. And that line right there, and then Stephen Mel going, you guys, I don't understand you. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, you're playing a character. If you can get them to boo you more than anything else, that's better than being a face and having them cheer. Um, but it goes to the show that there aren't that many amazing heels anymore. Right. And it seems like other than the MJFs. I was just going to say, yeah. Um, Who, by the way, is trying to actually, so Kayfabe, I'm sure we'll dive into that briefly, but he's maybe one of the only people trying to still do that? Yep. Yeah, we'll talk Kayfabe at the end because I think that that's the next piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to write the story and then you find out Big Jim's retiring. Right. So there goes that story. So this the struggle of the story is the main storyline, if you will, of how's it end. So then Ace, who just wants the belt, he feels he's it's his birthright. Mm-hmm. Him and Crystal talk, and Crystal comes up with an idea of a finish where he wins the belt, but it's not the cleanest, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't hated, but at that point, Stephen Amell was so mad at the character and the fact that Crystal came up with it mm-hmm. and not him, that he just kind of brushed it away. You see where she's going. 
in this show. I think that the way that they're going to get to the future of their next storyline is their women's division. Mm-hmm. I wonder sure. if there's any other companies <laughs> right now that have uh, put a focus on that. <laughs> what, what does your hat say? <laughs> it's, it's, that's Stinger, baby. <laughs> right now he's signed to AEW. Uh, you might have the WWE Women's Revolution, but mm. their story sucks. Very true. Um, you just had Britsburg happen this past week. Britsburg. With Britt Baker in Pittsburgh, and they're showing that, that, that in real life right now, the women's uh, of AEW is skyrocketing. As small mm-hmm. as it is, mm-hmm. they're doing it the right way. Right. Um. So you have the storyline, and I think even going into the match, walking down to Gorilla, he didn't know what the finish was going to be. We're going to pause right there. Let's talk kayfabe. <laughs> the church scene. That was awesome. <laughs> Absolutely great. What happened to the church scene? A couple, couple different things. Number one, uh, Ace was taking a piss in the middle of the parking lot or down by the edge of the parking lot, <laughs> which, you know, your, your face isn't going to do that in the company. So right now he's already breaking it and he's being his actual self. On the flip side, completely Jack, drunk. Completely, yes. On the other side, and that was actually, was that, was that before or after the convenience store part? Before. That was before. Okay, so we'll, that's the next part. Um, but they're asking, you know, where's Jack? Well, you can't, Jack can't be seen at church with, I mean, there were other things going on, but that was what they said. You know, the, the heel can't be seen at church with everybody else or whatever. Yep, and they mentioned, like, especially on a show day mm-hmm. where oh, yeah. everybody's mindset is in it. And, like, the wife of Big Jim is, like, she's pregnant. She doesn't get it. And, like, they make fun of her for not understanding kayfabe and what's going on. That was great. Her and, and her like, her facials in the crowd during the <laughs> matches was phenomenal. Because she goes and calls it fake, and the mom was like, "No, don't mm-hmm. don't don't call it fake." And she's like, "But they know." And they're like, "Yes, <laughs> they know, but we control what they're thinking right now. If they're thinking about the show and us as in characters, mm-hmm. we have to put that show on." And I was telling Mrs. Mauer, I forget which wrestlers there were. It was it was late eighties, early nineties, but they were driving city to city and they stopped at either a convenience store or something and it was two wrestlers a face and a heel and a little kid had like come in and saw them and like the one wrestler hit him with a box of candy and like they went through there and i can't remember who it was i just remember it was probably chic and somebody somebody. that's what i was thinking (laughs) but like back in the day the heels rode with the heels the faces rode with the faces Mm -hmm. um you couldn't be seen in public that way even though at that point, people were understanding like what it was. In the beginning, it was real. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that until it became sports entertainment that it was like the cat was out of the bag. Yeah, but you still had people like Taker. Never he broke. Kayfabe <laughs> everywhere. Like it's just something you have, especially for those faces, like. Uh, like the John Cena's mm-hmm. like, and that's when, you know, when you have John Cena, he can't go out and get drunk, you know, and rob a convenience store, <laughs> which we see Ace stealing. And this was like the convenience store scene was heartbreaking. He takes a right. gum 
and it's a small town, so everyone knows everybody. And the girl behind the counter is like, "Your dad was good to my family." I don't mm-hmm. say anything, but come on, put the gum back. Yeah. And then he goes to walk away, and she said something like, "Your dad would be ashamed of you." It sets him off, and Tears he her tells down. this disgusting, <laughs> nasty story about her. And like you see her in tears, and her dad's there, just like not knowing to do it because he's the town celebrity. Mm-hmm. And, and that's did, not how. A face and what did acts. he do? He called Jack, saying, "Hey, this is what happened," which then sets everything really in motion. Yep. <laughs> so that scene there sets up the end of the show, where Jack at that point still doesn't know what's going to happen. He gets mm-hmm. that phone call is pissed, goes down, sees that his brother's now, not in his right mind, might have taken some of the pills yep. that the slime ball gave him. And it was in that moment, I think, that Jack decided what was going to happen in the match. Mm-hmm. And what happens is they go down and have a squash match. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's rewind for one second. What did, um, what did Ace say to Jack? While they were waiting, basically at Gorilla to go, but basically said it was fake. It doesn't matter, right? But he said so. We found out why or how the father died. So the father killed himself. Um, you know, I don't know how many months earlier, but that's how he he died. And I'm sure we're going to find out everything behind that. Uh, but that that may have been. He probably had an idea that he was going to basically squash him, uh, but that really did. You know, that solidified the the scene. So we go down, we get the squash match, and it was a legit Stephen Amell put him him. in (laughs) an arm bar. uh, It wasn't even an arm bar. It was a a submission move, but you could tell it was really put on. was really hurting his arm. Mm -hmm. Told the ref to call it, got up and left. Now, this did two things. Could have injured him, Mm -hmm. but it pissed off the fans. And in my opinion... He did that to prove the point that you aren't what up north wants. It's the story that I wrote, and you fighting me on my story, I'm going to show you, fine. I'm going to write a crappy story and see how much the fans hate you. Mm -hmm. And he was basically in tears in the ring as the fans bombarded the ring with trash. Yep. And then what happened? Then he walked away. No, he punched him right in the face. Oh, well. (laughs) <laughs> so now the crowd sees really that that turn that they wanted to happen sort of but it, i don't think that's going to be part of the i don't think i think the bigger thing is they were up they got a bad show yeah mm-hmm. and he's not going up north now nope because now his spark is gone mm-hmm. so it it really is like showing Stephen mel's character showing that you need to trust him. Like this really is the thing about trust. I think that was the like the aha moment of the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if everybody picked up on like, oh, he screwed up his brother. No. He didn't do it to screw like, yes, he screwed up his brother, but the bigger thing was he needed to show that it's the story and the characters that are famous. Mm-hmm. Not the people playing them. Right. And you hear all the like the inside stories of you know, we were trying to figure out who was going to win the match. And really, in the end, it, like people, you know, will do the job for somebody and they actually come out on top more so than who actually won. Many, many examples of that. I just can't think of one right now. Well, if you look, Piper only got an Intercontinental Championship. 
Mm-hmm. Nothing else. DiBiase, nothing. You know, other than the million dollar belt. Like, there's a lot of people that never got the big belts, ended up losing a lot, but their stories were so good mm-hmm. that that's what made them famous. Now, that's because the guy behind the story was good, so there's that, that gray area, but Ace's character and who Ace really is are so far apart that he has nothing to do to impact why that character is important. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to learn over the course of this first season what he has to do to be a better wrestler and a better performer. Mm-hmm. And part of that's going to be him showing respect to the heritage of wrestling. And I think right now they're not going to know what you're doing. I think Crystal in the next episode is going to come to them with a solution. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause now she's pissed because he never gave her an answer when she asked him, you know, what's in it for her or where is she going with him? And he didn't say anything. It just blew her off. Yep. Well, they, they flat out said, what's his name? Uh, wild bill said, Oh, we can get you somebody prettier and taller. Yeah. <laughs> asked if, you're, if it was his girlfriend and he said no just my valet like mm-hmm. come on now right but you know there's some great moments in it you know we talked before the show I love the fact that the opening of the show the co- and he types coast to coast yep and you see Stephen Amell do it coast to coast well he really did that <laughs> and, and he really it? broke his back right in doing that um, and if you hear him talk about it it was one of the interviews I did see. He could have shot it where he landed on a pad. Mm-hmm. But in his mind, it's wrestling. You don't do that. So he just did the coast to coast. Right. And that's when he hurt himself. Yeah, we, uh, I, I talked about that I don't know, maybe two or three weeks ago when that report came out. We did that on the uh, Fireside Chats show in the news. So um, we have lots of stuff coming for this show. And I have a feeling that they are going to do three different things. You're going to have the story of the show, like Mm -hmm. the characters and the family, all that. You're going to have the wrestling tidbits. Mm -hmm. And we've got some cameos. We sure do. So it's real weird that in two weeks, CM Punk's going to debut in this show. (laughs) And there's rumors that this week... CM Punk might be making a debut somewhere else. It's almost as if like, hmm, we're going to lead in and get some buzz. There was some information I saw about doing a watch along of this, the episode that he appears in or the first episode he appears in, um, in Chicago in the next you know week or two. So really? Yes. In Chicago. In Chicago. So what we're hinting at is the, uh, <laughs> The great Darby Allen mm-hmm. basically has said, CM Punk, I'm challenging you um, for AEW. And the rumors he signed, he's going to be there. And Punk has been for the non-wrestling fans. He left the business on his own accord. Um, and then Vic McMahon served him papers on his wedding day. <laughs> um, so he has been soured by the business. And slowly in the past two or three years has been getting more because he didn't watch it for years. Mm-hmm. Then Fox gave him a job talking about WWE, right? which was the best because he <laughs> didn't work for WWE. Mm-hmm. He just talked about their product on that Fox show along with Renee. <laughs> and now all of his friends are in this new AEW 
And I think they're finally in a spot because he had always said they'd never offered him a contract. Mm-hmm. And I think that was on purpose because they weren't in a spot where they could really guarantee him anything or see mm-hmm. the future. But now they're a year and some months into it. The show's doing well. And now they can give a spot to really grow him. So I'm smiling over here because immediately, if anybody's out there watching Ted Lasso, I know these, these shows are completely in the opposite direction. There's a character on Ted Lasso named Roy. Uh, he used to be a very uh, one of the best uh, soccer or football players, whatever, however you want to say it in the States here. Um, but he eventually went on to then do broadcasting for um, the league over there and basically tears everybody apart. So it's kind of the, kind of the same. He was soured by the whole thing, and then he, <laughs> he got roped into doing announcing. So funny. Decent show. Decent show. Decent show. That guy's um, hilarious, though. <laughs> so we've got him there's a few other wrestlers that are making appearances on this that they said aren't haven't been announced yet mm-hmm. it's got a lot of inside wrestling or inside baseball if you will references to it they are peeling the curtain back um kind of like what the wrestler did yes i watched that recently too it still holds up God, Such that's a good movie so this is a show if you're not a wrestling fan mm-hmm you can still watch this and enjoy it because it's telling a good story. In the end of the day, you might appreciate why your friends spend three to five hours a week mm-hmm. watching wrestling content because not only do you get what you're watching, but you get the history of it and the family of the wrestling and the brotherhood, if you will, of all the way back to the you know the 40s and 50s. Um, I can't wait to see where the show goes. I have a feeling it's not going to end well this first season. Mm-hmm. And I think some bad things are going to happen. And then out of those bad things, something new is going to be born. <laughs> but uh, I'm ready to go on this ride. See, we've got seven more episodes in the first season. So hopefully some they'll... Bullshit. Hopefully they'll extend it to 12 in the second season because, you know, I haven't seen any reports yet, but I can't imagine why you wouldn't go another season with I this. just wish it wasn't on Stars. Yeah. Because I got to pay for another service now. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yeah. price of doing this thing. But I'll cancel it next month. Mm-hmm. Do two months. <laughs> but now watch it. Stephen Mill's good in it. Absolutely. Um, and he is different than... Ollie, for the most part. <laughs> I mean, he's still kind of broody. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's he family man. Oh, other fun fact. Uh, his brother is David Spade's son from Grown Ups 2. I don't know if you so, noticed that. His, oh, his son. See, I, I immediately wanted to rob, or I went to his brother for whatever. So, uh, what, Robbie Amell. I'm like, how, what? What's David Spade? So, David Spade in Grown Ups 2. Right. His, you know, bastard son he didn't know about with all the tattoos mm-hmm. is the guy that's playing Ace Spade. So <laughs> Okay. Um, the, the moment you said David Spade, I got really confused. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> Spade Jack is, Spade, Ace Spade, yeah. Stacy Spade, David Spade. Spade. Um, yeah, DWL. Sweet. I'm a fan. Enjoyed it. So on that note. Can't wait for more. We're going to keep reviewing these. They're going to pop up in your stream. Give it a shot. Let us know what you think. Talk about it in the Firesiders group. 
We might have some guest hosts coming their way. Menti did say he was going to watch the show. We'll see if he actually does. We will see. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, I know all right, man. On that note, hey, where can you find us? Oh, geez. You can find us everywhere, uh, especially at welcometofireside.com. You'll see posts from all shows there. Um, you'll also find us on uh, YouTube. Try to get this one up as quick as possible because this is going to be a cool thing for uh, for everybody. Um, but basically, welcome to Fireside on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and then on Twitter, we are Fireside Crew. So just make sure to like, follow, subscribe everywhere. Um, check us out on Spotify. That's that's really booming right now, but we're available on all podcast platforms. On the Spotify? On the Spotify. All right. <laughs> I didn't know we were on the Spotify still. Oh, we are on the Spotify. All right. The Spotify. <laughs> well, I don't have an outro yet. Deuces. We'll figure it out. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, mother peepers. <laughs> <laughs> See you.